Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, Playmakers, what's going on? Hello, welcome back to another interview. Yeah, you know, it's our favorite time of the week. We love bringing you new content, new episodes, and we're excited to talk to the special guest. So we won't waste any more time. We'll toss it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Abrielle, and my husband is Tyler Herb, and he is a starting pitcher in right now the Brewers organization. So we are in AAA in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, so AAA, you have to explain to some of our people that aren't in baseball. I understand that there's a lot of different levels. So can you explain when you guys started dating, what level he was at and how you've gotten to AAA? Yes, great question. Because when I first met Tyler, I knew nothing about any of it. As I'm sure you guys know, at this point, baseball is so interesting, because it's there's minor leagues and there's majors, and it's all basically a ladder. So it's low A, high A, double A, triple A, and then you can make to the majors. There's 40-man roster, so you can be in triple A and be on the 40-man roster, which technically means you're on the major league roster, but you're kind of in that waiting pool to be pulled up and down. So when I first met Tyler, he was actually at like kind of the peak of his career. Uh, he was with the Giants, and he so he was in triple A which is in Sacramento, and he was on the 40-man roster. But unfortunately for him, slash fortunately for us, he was injured. So he tore his oblique while he was there, and then they sent him to Arizona to rehab. And then I'm born and raised in Arizona. So how we met, it depends if you ask him or me. He'll say we met through mutual friends. <laughs> but the real story, it's kind of fun. I, For me, I call it a total god wink because the, the circumstances that had to happen and all come into place in order for us to meet, it was like so meant to be. But I wasn't really looking for anything at the time. And Bumble was like a huge thing, you know? So my girlfriends were like, you have to get a Bumble. You have to get a Bumble. And I'm like, no, like I meet people organically. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't want apps, all that stuff. But of course we're at happy hour. We're having wine, all that stuff. My <laughs> girlfriend set up a Bumble for me. And we swiped like while we were at dinner or whatever. And then I just deleted the app. I was like, I'm not doing it. I just didn't like it at the time. I'm like, not my style. So then fast forward, it's like two weeks later, I'm randomly sitting on my couch. I lived, I lived on my own at the time. And I was sitting on the couch watching a show. And I was like, I might, I might redownload that and swipe. <laughs> so I started like, you know, just out of boredom was like swiping on Bumble. And within like 30 minutes, I met Tyler and he had just that night come into town, Arizona for rehabbing. And he had just downloaded Bumble for the first time too. So we literally met within like 30 minutes of having the app. Wow. And then he, he asked me to dinner and the rest of history, we closed down the place. We talked for like six hours. We walked out and we're like, how is it midnight right now? And we just deleted the app. And then we were, let's see engaged less than a year later and then married three months after that so bam bam thank you bumble (laughs) i love that he's like oh yeah we met through mutual friends aka bumble (laughs) i love it though now it's so common to meet people you know on apps and stuff like that but at the time since we had never used any of the apps we were like this is so lame like you know how tinder Mm -hmm. is like a total like hookup app or whatever when i was in college and then so yeah but 
mutual friends it is. <laughs> but that's oh, the real story. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Okay, Arizona was the starting point of the relationship. But let's talk through how many places have you moved for baseball? If you oh can gosh. name them out, I want to hear because just keeping up with you in the past like two months on Instagram, <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea where this girl's at right now. So just give us a little just a little spiel of how many places you've moved so far. Yeah, so bear with me while I like <laughs> tap through it in my head. It's been crazy. But this is actually the first season I've traveled with Tyler. So it, it, we've done long distance in the past. Um, but moving, we have moved, like, I can't even, I don't even know how many times he's moved. But since I met him, it was kind of crazy, because my life was like very established and my career and like, my, you know, my apartment was like decorated head to toe, like everything was just so put together. And then I met him. <laughs> and we got engaged, got married, moved out of the apartment, I was supposed to travel with him and then COVID hit. And I think COVID was the huge thing for a lot of us mm -hmm. that really just rocked our world. So he drove 31 hours to Florida for spring training. I stayed back. So we moved out of an apartment there into a storage unit, into my parents' house for like two weeks while he was at spring training. I had to get a tonsillectomy at the time, which 10 out of 10 do not recommend <laughs> as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. And then COVID happened during those two weeks. You know, everything started coming apart. He had to drive 31 hours back from Florida to Arizona oh, spring gosh. training where I was supposed to go be with him. So then we ended up moving from my parents' house to a long stay Airbnb. Because at this point, if you guys, I know it's probably a little different for all the different sports, but generally the same. I mean, Tyler's a starting pitcher, so he had to stay ready at any point we didn't know if baseball was going to happen if it wasn't every single day for what felt like the entire season we were like are we good now are we gonna go is right. this COVID thing staying around for a while like whatever so long stay Airbnb we moved into another apartment from there in Scottsdale because we were like all right I guess we should just get settled at this point it was probably you know, June or something. And the baseball season usually starts roughly around like February. So then we moved out of that apartment into a house that we were renting. And then he got signed because he was a free agent at the end of COVID, which really messed with so many things, minor league, not having a season, you know, and yeah. then us not knowing, ah, such a mess. So, and then we moved to present day moved to Biloxi, Mississippi, and then we moved to Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> so many, so many oh times. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what were you doing at the time of like COVID hitting and you guys being in Arizona? Like what was your career? Did you have to put that on hold? Because I know that you're planning on going with him. Yeah, well, a little background on my career. So I was, I went to Arizona State University and Sun Devils. And while I was in college, I had some internships with like arena football. And then I started with iHeartRadio and they ended up hiring me on while I was in college. I did radio. So I did promotions and co-hosted radio shows. And then I ended up being an executive producer of one of like the drive time talk shows. So kind of more news talk radio at that point, some country radio, blah, blah, blah. And then I ended up going into TV from there and I co-hosted one of the morning shows, the local morning shows in Arizona and started a social media company on the side during the time, transitioned to public relations, did social media for an agency for a while, 
and then just kind of kept doing my social media company as well. So it was interesting for me because I, I was leaving my PR job to go travel with Tyler. And I was really excited about that opportunity. The job was great, but I, I knew PR wasn't for me. I more kind of went in the social media side of things. And so I was really excited to go with him and travel and just see new places. And I just planned on doing my own social media company. And I had a couple clients, you know, just on the side mm-hmm. that I was going to do. And I think that was definitely one of the harder parts with COVID is I had put my two weeks in at my job and then I ended up staying there, you know, and kept staying there and then stayed there for probably two years after that. And it, you know, the, the job was great. The people were great, but I was really excited for the next new chapter. So yeah, but here we are. And I actually, I left my agency job and I'm doing social media now, but it was taught you a lot, you know, yeah, you got a sure. thicker skin. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Even with our jobs, I mean, we're both event coordinators. So COVID shut us down. We're like, now what? So definitely can feel that. But with all this moving, I just have so much respect for the baseball community because I used to complain about moving at the end of the season. But I am just always blown away by all the different locations. So how do you keep your mind straight and just being like, okay, on to the next one. This is what I need to do. Because right now, I see in your background, I know our listeners can't see it, but you have a couch and you said that it's echoing. You don't have very much more in there, but how do you be okay with that? Knowing that that's just part of the lifestyle. You know, a lot of times you're not okay with it. I think at the end of the day, like the reality of it is, you know, I'm kind of a nester. So I love the the concept of, you know, going to see new cities and be in new places and move around. Like that's exciting to me. Sometimes I get a little bored with too much of like a consistent routine being in one place. But when it comes to moving so much, every season or every place that we've been, when we like close the chapter of that place, I try to remind myself that the next place is like a whole new opportunity, like a new chapter. You can create new memories there. You know, I kind of turn it into like a deeper thing like that. And that's what gets me through it. If you have habits in one place that you're doing in your life that you don't like at this place, I'm like, okay, wait, we're going to a whole new place. We can like start working out again. Start. I know that sounds strange, but it's just the way I can connect like a new beginning, Mm -hmm. not having things decorated drives me up the wall like I was talking to my husband last night and he right now is on the road and he's in Ohio and he's like hey so you know I saw in your stories like you're looking at Facebook marketplace and finding more things whatever he said you haven't bought anything right and I'm like oh all I want is a rug and nightstand like it was a stretch that we got like a frame for our bed for this apartment but we need to be able to pick up and move at any point Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, to answer your question, just trying to look at everything as if it's like an opportunity for new, Mm -hmm. new, exciting things, new changes and new growth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective because I feel like that's the hard part is as women, I feel like that's kind of what makes it feel like home is being able to decorate Mm -hmm. and being able to have that sense of like, this is mine and I put this here and it's my, you know, aesthetic. So I feel like that's a good perspective to have that you can just kind of change and start anew at each place that you go to. But how do you decide which away games you go to and which ones you don't go to? So this is the first road trip that I've actually stayed back for. Like I mentioned before, we were long distance for so much of our, actually our entire relationship and the majority of our marriage. So 
as of, you know, a couple months ago, this is the first time I've gone with him, which I'm so grateful for. So I went everywhere for the first couple months. I went to, you know, BSE, all the little tiny places, mm-hmm. you know, big or small, whatever. We were in double A at the time. And we have our two pups too. So that's definitely brought an added aspect of difficulty, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to finding hotels that are dog friendly, which surprisingly a lot of them are. But just like, you know, dogs are amazing, but they're your responsibility. And so we're road tripping everywhere. So the guys will all go on a bus. And because we're married, they have like a rule that you can't ride separately from your team unless you're married, which I think is very interesting. So like the girlfriends, like some of the girls that I've met, if they're visiting their boyfriend and or they're they're traveling with him, they have to drive separately in their own car and their boyfriend can't ride with them they have to ride on the bus with the team which I think is really weird yeah but thankfully because we're married Tyler and I can drive together (laughs) with our dog to all the different places but since we are in Nashville I wanted to end up here kind of anyways like outside of baseball like if Tyler was going to be done this season because he was a free agent again so we were like waiting to see who he was going to get signed with or if he even was going to get signed ended up in Nashville so it's like I love it here like love 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 it here so I was like honey you go on the next road trip I'll take the two weeks get settled like all of that and you know so I think for us the distance is kind of what decides like I think this road trip would have been like a eight or nine hour drive um and just with the dogs and all that stuff we're like let's just keep this one simple yeah When you're talking about settling into a new place, what comes to my mind is a community because it's such a quick amount of time. So how have you found that it works best for you to meet people? So I feel like that would be so hard. And I honestly know that it's exhausting. Every time you move somewhere new, you're like, okay, got to put myself out there again. I got to go to some random coffee shop, meet somebody. So what have you found works best to just have that friend for the moment when you're in that chapter because I know that sometimes it can get lonely bouncing around like that yeah that's a great question I wasn't sure because I was born and raised in Arizona and I have a great friend group there I've always been able to like make friends but I've never really been put in a situation where I'm just kind of thrown out into a whole new city state place not knowing anybody so one of the things that I found has worked for me is just going to the games and sitting in my actual assigned seat, which usually I'd kind of sneak a little closer or something like that. But when you sit in your assigned seat, oftentimes the will call tickets for all the girls are in the same section, same area. And then that just naturally opens the door to, if you see a girl at a minor league baseball game <laughs> by herself and she's just by herself, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been like a, a really easy way to connect and just be like, are you, you know, whatever. And then you just start talking and you're in the same exact situation as they are. So that community is irreplaceable. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that you guys have talked a little bit too to like our baseball life mm-hmm. and the ladies there and that whole community in general. And what you guys do too, it's just, incredible how women can kind of come together and we're all in such a similar situation no matter what it looks like but another thing is like neighbors so like I just here in Nashville I haven't really met many of the ladies yet here but um neighbors like they'd be like oh you're new here blah blah let's go get a drink let's hang out and then they introduce me to their friends and all that but 
you know, there's times where it can be lonely for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's probably a little bit easier in Nashville where you can kind of just wander to different places than like a smaller city like Biloxi, Mississippi is probably a little (laughs) bit harder to make friends. Biloxi, Mississippi. I mean, it was so beautiful, but they don't have a dang thing there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We can totally relate. And you guys are in Mississippi. We are. So you know the feeling. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Um, We don't have much here either. So I want to talk a little bit. You just mentioned like going to these baseball games and I've been to a ton of baseball games in my life and some low A, some high A, and there are some super fans. I mean, there are those diehard people and they're very interesting. I want to hear some fun or crazy fan stories that you have. Ooh. Well, so one of the tough things with that is this is my first time traveling with my husband. Sadly, I had only seen him pitch in real life, like firsthand seeing him pitch two times oh until I traveled with him because we did distance and the jobs and all that stuff. So I didn't get to be as, at as many games as I would want to be. I watched them all, but I think just in general, people are so passionate <laughs> about sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like the PC of way. Like I just, how are you so passionate about people that you've never met in your life Mm -hmm. and also these are lower levels they're still professional and they're incredible athletes you know but you're like I I think one of the harder things is when my husband is pitching and there's people behind me that are for the other team and I can hear them and the stuff they say it takes all my might not to turn around and be like that's my husband (laughs) like it's crazy I mean yeah. They're just very passionate. Yes, yeah. That's a good that's a good way. Passionate is a very nice way to put that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you guys have dealt with that too, right? With your men and hearing, you know, how do you handle not turning around and just straight up like calling these people out when they're saying they're like trash talking literally your significant other. Yeah. It's so hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Sometimes I don't keep my mouth shut. So <laughs> I don't really have any good advice on that. Yeah, we usually do turn around and do like the stare where we're like yeah. seriously, yeah. but who knows if they actually I've done pick that. up on it or not. Tyler has literally told me like Avril put your like put your Twitter fingers down too because the stuff people say on social media mm-hmm. he was involved in like a huge trade back from the Giants actually to the Orioles and I mean people are still tweeting about this trade literally today and I'm like I see the tweets and I'm like I have to hold me back yeah <laughs> it's hard yeah yeah it's really difficult Speaking of that, I I think it's hard to keep your mouth shut, but I also feel like every season that you go through, you learn something new, Um, whether it be like at one location, you take like a lesson with you to help you with the next one. So in the beginning with the industry, what is something that really surprised you with the whole baseball industry that you're like, wow, I had no idea that this was the way this entire organization functioned or where like I belong in this? I think something that surprises a lot of people is how when you're traveling to go and I know it's different for every sport and probably definitely every level but when you're traveling to go visit your boyfriend or fiance or husband people are like well they pay for your flights right and they pay for your hotel and you're like no (laughs) like that was something that when you're dating a lot of times people would be like well why are you not visiting him like every other weekend and I'm like I I have first of all I have a full-time job and then on top of it that's paying for, you know, a lot of flights 
and try and oftentimes you know with minor league baseball they have roommates in the Mm -hmm. hotel and so you can't just kick the roommate out you know just so you you'd have to pay for a whole separate room if you guys want to be together and so I think that's one of the things that was really surprising for me and a lot of feedback I'd get from other people being like wait I thought they paid for literally everything (laughs) it's no but I think on top of that people are incredible incredibly kind like at the field you know when you go and you're sitting in that section the the people that work there like they will do anything to like help give you suggestions or make your life easier or just connect with you so you even have a familiar face I really learned through this process like genuinely there's the fans you know that are behind you saying bad things about your spouse and you're like oh but there are also like so many opportunities to come across people that are like incredibly kind Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that I've really taken from this being it just is such a cool opportunity to meet people yeah I definitely agree with that I think that there's really some tough points in being in the sports industry but there are a lot of great things that we've learned and we've experienced so I totally agree with your family and learning about his schedule and you know not being there for certain things your friends also like what was their perspective so in Arizona, because where we were located, like Scottsdale, and there's a lot of players and players' mm-hmm. families there and all of that. So a lot of my guy friends actually played baseball before I even met Tyler. So I, I generally knew about the schedule, but I had no clue about the schedule. Once mm-hmm. I really got, you know, once I got close with Tyler, obviously, they are gone all the time like Mm -hmm. even when I would go visit him for you know three-day weekends or something it it, I would see him on average like two hours a day yeah because he sleeps you know until probably 10 because they don't get done until maybe 10 30 or 11 the night before so then they sleep and then drop him off at the field and then I don't see him again until 10 30 or 11 that night and that's every single day of the week except for one so I think it's been an interesting transition because when I met him he was injured so I gotta spend every day for three months with him Mm -hmm. and then when he left and for a lot of our marriage and all of that he doesn't have his phone when he's at the field really so it's just a lot of doing things by yourself Mm -hmm. I'm independent so it works but there are times where it's hard not to you know, resent the situation or, you know, you have to work through not resenting yourself because you're packing up the whole house yourself and you're, you know, taking care of the dogs yourself and you're trying to work and trying to do all the things and they're across the country and, you know, it's hard to communicate with them. And my family understands, but there are times where I truly don't think you genuinely know until you're experiencing it firsthand. Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate your honesty, though, because we love talking openly about the bitterness and the resentment that can come from it because it comes so naturally and it kind of creeps up after a while. You're like chugging along and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm very upset right now by this situation. And oh, your, absolutely. Yeah, and your significant other is like, oh, whoa, okay, okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about this. At least in our household, that's kind of how it is. But 
with that, I love how you shared and put that just because you are spending so much time by yourself. So were you always independent or did it just take some learning over seasons to be able to become the independent person you are now? Well, I always was pretty independent, but I also had a really great friend base. So I'd hang out with my friends all the time when I was in Arizona. But since a lot of people have gotten married and moved and had babies, you know, and stuff has changed and evolved. So I know, especially last season was tough because I wanted to travel with him. And then we had some family health stuff. So my mom got really sick for a long time. And so I stayed back in Arizona with her and, you know, just trying to help my family during that time and all of that. And that's when, you know, to your point of the stuff creeping in, you know, a lot of stuff last year, we had to work through things and like communication is so important. So I was independent, but when there's times like life happens and life is hard and circumstances come up and you really need your person there and they can't, they can only do so much, you know, with the two hours of freedom a day that they have or something. I, it just can be really tough and you can be as independent as you can be. But when stuff happens like that, you just need your person. And so I think that's where you have to lean on, you know, whether it's a church community or the friends that you do have around you or your family, whatever it is. I don't think it ever is this level of independence. I don't know if it's ever natural, you know? Yeah, that totally makes sense. I feel like all of us can relate to that situation because, you know, you can be independent, but there's a lot of things that you have to deal with by yourself. And if you don't find another outlet or somebody that you can lean on, then you are going to have that bitterness because you're going to see, you know, friends or Instagram or other situations where those people have like their significant other around all the time for tough situations. Or I like to say it this way, I can take off work easily if I need to. Like if a family situation came up, I can take off work easily or work remotely or things like that. Like you know, my significant other can't and a lot of the sports industry cannot. And so people don't understand that. So I totally agree. I think having other family members or friends that you can lean on is really, really important. And I want to talk about your blog because you had something about moving tips, which Mm -hmm. our community is always (laughs) looking for some great moving tips. And I know that you've moved quite a lot and so has your husband. So what are some things that you would recommend to others? Yeah. So my blog was more a hobby that I started in radio. That was in 2014. So I just turned 30. And it's wild because in 2014, there weren't many blogs, Mm -hmm. really, it was or it was just starting. And I'm like, if I would have just kept doing this every single day, imagine now, you know, but that was something I just started as a hobby, because I love doing makeup and hair and you know, all that stuff. I wanted an outlet for that. And then it kind of grew over time a little bit because when I did TV, I did DIY segments. And so I would feature my DIY segments also on my blog and all of that. Then my blog got hacked and all those hours of work went down the drain. And I was so sad about it. Yeah, like years worth. So 2020, I used that opportunity to just start fresh and completely revamp it from the ground up. And basically it's, it's kind of a hobby, but it's kind of to, it's to connect with people, you know? So no matter if it's, you know, moving tips or beauty hair tips or fashion, Amazon favorites, all of that stuff, it literally makes my day when I post something and somebody's like, oh my gosh, I'm saving this because I'm moving next week. Or, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, you could make a coffee like that at home with Amazon products or just those little simple things. When people reach out to me, I'm like, 
I, I love it. I yeah. love it. So that's kind of why I do it, um, just to connect with people and hopefully down the road, make people's lives a little easier with things. But moving tips, that was my recent one that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest tips with moving, I would say is set out like three clear bins and then go through your stuff and, and put in those clear bins, the things that you use every day, you know, because a lot of times you start packing at least, you know, a couple weeks or a week before you move out. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I packed the silverware deep down in a box and I don't know where it is and all of that. So I would say set out like three clear tubs and put the things that you use every day in those and then pack up the rest of the kitchen, do it room by room and then label things like labeling things makes all the difference and try to be organized about it. Don't put all the things from the laundry room and the family room in your bedroom in one, like try to separate things. That's probably my number one tip. Yeah, that's a good tip with the clear bins. I didn't even think about that. Every move that we've done, I always have to rebuy something because I can't find it. Yeah. (laughs) Or I take open like a bunch of boxes and I'm like, I'm just looking for one thing. (laughs) One thing, like a spatula or a skillet. It's always the skillet we can't find. Always a skillet. I think that's great advice though, because it's something easy. Just right when you get the call and you start doing what you do, just set off the bend. So we we love that advice. Yeah, we do. That's really great. So one question we like we like to ask at, at the end of every single interview. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would you tell yourself back then to help you? Well, a million things, but I think the the main thing um, that I learned, especially with COVID and with this whole wild baseball life is just stop trying to control everything. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much of a need for control I have until I was put in these situations. So I think you have to like actually learn it and go through the experiences to actually be able to realize that you need to not control things. But I think if I could just be a little bit more present, Mm -hmm. knowing it will all work out. And people say that, but actually feeling that in the times of uncertainty is one of the hardest parts, you know, so whether it's meditating for you, so it kind of gives you a little bit of an understanding of being present in the moment or whatever it is, I would go back and be like, just know it's going to work out. Yeah, that's really good advice. We love that. And we appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your wisdom, especially with moving around so much in the baseball industry. So thank you so much and good luck this season. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, and thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.